As teachers, one of the things we desire for our students is their willing attention. Yet so many things rival for our students' focus. Our goal is to use the things about which they are interested to solidify truth and promote action. We maintain a commitment to teaching our students how to think critically, how to engage with challenging topics, and how to develop an informed opinion rooted in a historical biblical worldview. We want this podcast to be a resource for just those things. On the highway of ideas, weaving its way over the landscape of our culture, the Falcon Fast Lane is committed to not having the truth pass you by. Without further delay, let's merge into the topic of today. You said a school like this. Mm-hmm. Can you can you define that a little bit? Like I think the three of us maybe know what you're talking about, but like what do you what do you mean by that? I LCS to me is a family. Mm. It's my family. And I know not everybody probably views their school that way. But um, for me, I mean, I can't imagine never have been given the opportunity to teach here or have my children here Mm. um, because the relationships just that that I have made with, um, you know, the students that are... Uh, in my children's grade and not in my children's grade and the relationships with their parents the relationships through sports Mm. that have been formed with coaches and um, you know spending all that time with parents at games and it's just a special place because when you just gather people that are like-minded and who want the same thing as you it just feels like home and that's to me that's what LCS is We'd like to welcome you to our current episode of the Falcon Fast Lane here in Studio Z with my co-host, Miss Z. Miss Z, how are you doing today? Doing great. Have you been outside to enjoy any of the weather? Nope. <laughs> it's been a long day. Miss Z, my goodness. This is <laughs> this several is times. Time. I know. Every time we do this. Although we nice have day. changed seats this time, so now at least you can see the blue skies outside. That's right. It is yes. gorgeous out. Had an opportunity to be outside with uh, driving for a field trip today, and it is so nice. Is it warm? No, it's cold, oh. but it's beautiful. <laughs> Sunny. It's Michigan in February. Come on. We'll take the sun. Absolutely. 100% of the time. So stoked to uh, have our inaugural episode of uh, Staff Spotlights that we were planning on doing here for the Falcon Fastlane. And we have uh, we have a pretty special guest today. And Ms. Z, would you do us the honors of giving her an intro for us? Absolutely. So we have here Mrs. Stacy O'Keefe. She'll always be Mrs. O'Keefe to me, though. She came to Livingston Christian when I was a 10th grader. So she's been here about 13 years. And currently, she teaches 9th and 10th grade English and then 11th and 12th grade Christian leadership. Fantastic. I have had an opportunity to uh, interact with Stacy over the past few years on a number of different things, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But let's get, uh, let's get right after it. So really super deep first question. <laughs> Who is Stacy O'Keefe? That's a good question. Who is Stacy O'Keefe? Um, I think God is always... Uh, refining Stacy O'Keefe and introducing to me to new parts of her, but just in general, um, I'm a 50 year old lady who um, you wouldn't know looking at you. I have to bring that in. Thanks, Rachel. 
Um, I'm a wife to my husband, Ryan O'Keefe, for 25 years. We had our 25-year wedding anniversary this year. And uh, I have two awesome boys, Flynn and Colin. They're 20 and almost 18. So, um, yeah, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a teacher. And, uh, yeah, that's me. That's you. You left one thing out. I used to always introduce myself as a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Oh, I wasn't thinking about that. But thing. it was always scripted, I felt. So So you didn't use it this time? Yeah. You just wanted to be like Leonard Skinner and Freebird today. <laughs> cancer survivor, which we're going to get yeah. into that. Why are we excited to talk about cancer? Because God healed me. Boom. So before we get to that, we gotta, we gotta, we have some roads that we have to travel to get to that first. So... Ms. O'Keefe, what was your early life like? Where did you grow up? Well, I was born in Rochester, New York. Um, my parents are both originally from Michigan, um, but my dad uh, took a job in New York, and so I was born there and raised until I was seven, so pretty early. Um, I lived in a really interesting neighborhood, um, all Italians. And later in my college years, when I returned there for a wedding, I found out I grew up with the mob. Wow. Nice. So we were the only non-mobsters in any, our neighborhood. Any like off July 4th fireworks ever happening that you heard? Nope. Interestingly, it was just, it was a neighborhood of police officers and mobsters. So I didn't notice anything different until I went back for a wedding and, um, it's kind of a funny story. We're sitting at the wedding, and it was a very extravagant wedding. Lots of jewelry, something. Some. It was Lots a wedding hair. I had never been to before. Lots of hair in Michigan. Yeah. Lots of hair. Hair and jewelry and makeup and um, just dresses and and so I was sitting with my family, and I said, "Has anybody noticed that none of the women talk around here?" And my family was just kind of like looking at me and I'm like, it's like, it's like we're look, we're spending time with the mob. My dad was like, shh. <laughs> and then they all laughed at me because I didn't know. I had never known, but I was like seven years old. My brothers were in high school when we left. So they knew. So they knew. anyways, uh, we moved back to Michigan um, when I was in second grade. My dad took a job back in Michigan. And um, like I said, I have two older brothers. Um, one uh, almost 10 years older, one six years older. So I was the youngest and um, went to Howell Public Schools. Did you graduate from Howell High School? I did. Um, had good years in school in Howell and uh, good, great memories of being in school there. Did you play any sports, do any extracurricular activities? Well, I hate to admit this because I will be teased. Yes. But I was a cheerleader and pom-pom girl. <laughs> yes. No, wait a minute. <clears throat> those are those are two different things. Well, yes, I graduated into pom pom after my cheerleading years. Okay, so are we establishing that this is a sport? Title Nine says that it is. It's a total sport. <laughs> my mom would say that too. She was a cheerleader it's as well. It's a total sport. Okay, so funny story. This is why our podcast gets so long because we have these stories. It's and I take full credit for it or blame. So the other day, Hannah. Mrs. Lindman, uh, on Friday, I was like, are you glad that it's Friday? And she goes, yes. And the way she threw her arms up, I'm like, 
were you a cheerleader? And she's like, no. Oh. And then, and then she says, I danced. I said, you danced? I said, you mean you did palm? And she goes, how did you know? <laughs> because I had a student once who was in palm, actually at Brighton, and I called her a cheerleader and received her wrath. Yes, it's not the same thing. That's exactly what she said. So, so I was I was a dancer my whole youth um, at Glenn School of Dance in downtown Howell. Nice. And um, I decided to become a cheerleader because my friends were cheerleaders. All right. But then I really just loved the dance part, so I became pom-pom girl, but I don't tell a lot of people that. Well, a lot of people are going to know now. Now it's out of the bag. Well. Because Rachel knows, and she can't keep stuff like this to herself. Mm-mm. Hence the podcast. <laughs> oh. I'm just trying to envision that. That is amazing. So would you guys perform, well, like, w- would you perform at, like, sports games? Yeah, we... Um, Were you guys, like, the halftime? Yeah, always halftime. Okay. And we'd perform at Pistons halftime games. What? And the Argonauts. I remember traveling to Canada to perform there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was lots of fun. Lifetime friends. Those years. I've learned so much in this first 10 minutes. This and I've known you for longer than 13 years. <laughs> I we, didn't know any of this stuff. This is what we need now. Pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah. Proof. I have pictures. You do have pictures? Of course. Yeah. And I think I have VHS tapes, videos. See, I am regretting not having this on video right now. Because <laughs> we could do some cutaways and splice that in. and. No, we're not going to do that. All right. You can dream. So uh, any other extracurriculars besides POM? I mean, that's pretty all-encompassing for ladies who are really I always into worked. It. So always I worked. loved uh, working. I don't know if you um, are from this area, but um, Anthony's was a like the only fast food place in downtown Howell. And so as soon as I could work, when I was 15, I um, had a job there. And so I just spent my time at POM practice and working at Anthony's and... Um, just spending time with friends. So uh, give me, because I'm not from this area, give me an orientation with regard to the high school. So we now have the high school and then we have freshman campus. Was were, Did both of those campuses exist when you were there? Well, the freshman campus now used to be McPherson Middle School. And um, so there were two middle schools next to each other, McPherson Middle School and Highlander Way Middle School. Gotcha. And I went to Highlander Way. Okay. And then... Um, the current 10 through 12 building was just the high school. Okay. And um, that's where I graduated from. Gotcha. Good experience at uh, Howell High School? Yeah, great experience. I had great teachers. I loved school, um, especially English class. I had some great influential English teachers that um, I really enjoyed, and um, I just loved being at school. Awesome. So that kind of leads us into the next question. When did you know that teaching was something that maybe you would want to do? Well, I like to um, always encourage kids who say they don't know what they want to do by my story because I had no idea when I went to college. I went to uh, CMU, Central Michigan University in Mount Pleasant, and I just thought, well, this is a business school, so I'm going to be an accounting major. I'm going to be a CPA because I really enjoyed accounting class in high school, which is kind of laughable because Mrs. Stiles would laugh and say that I can't do math very well. <laughs> but accounting and math have, are, are not related. 
They're not? No. If you can add and subtract, you can do accounting. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like, I call that real math. That's real math? Yeah. So, what Mrs. Stiles doesn't teach, is really? just made up stuff. Just numbers and with letters and things. Okay. So, us, us non-math people, that's that would be considered theoretical, what yeah. she teaches. I guess it's important. So, what? this is the extent of perhaps where our math goes. What is 20% of my bill? So that I can leave a tip. Yeah, you just multiply times point 0.2. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need to know much more after that. Yeah. I've always taught my kids that. If you don't know the sale price, I'm not going to buy it for you. Whoa. And so they would have to know what it costs. That's good parenting right and there. I'd pay for it. And I told them, you, know how, you need to know how to do that so you can pay for something. And you also need to know how to paint your house. It's so true. you do need to know the area of so the room. So you can buy the amount of paint. So there's some geometry in life. Yep. And then you can buy paint. All right. Other than that, haven't used it. I'm, I mean, I think that's a good utilization of what you know right there. <laughs> really. I mean, that's a good return on investment as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so you went to CMU. At what point at CMU did you know that maybe accounting was not uh, the job for you? After three full years Whoa. of attending college. I said to my dad, I don't think I want to be an accountant because I don't like any of the other classes that I have to take, business law, um, econ, um, any of the business courses I took, I found very uninteresting. And I finally realized I'm going to spend my life in an office building. Mm. Um, and I realized, gosh, I don't think I want to do this. And so... Um, my dad hooked me up with a career counselor. And in those times, you know, we didn't have the internet to, right. um, you know, search career options or take uh, a test online. So this would have been what, like 1990, like 1991? 1991-ish. Okay. Um, so we drove to Grand Rapids and I met with a career counselor who gave me a paper test, you know, and asked me like, 500 questions of things I was interested in and not interested in. And when I was done, I still had no idea what he was going to say. And he said, you're a teacher. Wow. You, you didn't ever know that you were a teacher. And I said, no, I've never even thought about that, but I sure do love school. <laughs> <laughs> was it, did you really like school? Yeah, I loved school. I All loved right. being in school. I, I've always said if I could have been a student for a career, I would do that. Interesting. So, um, how does that pay? Not very good. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, just checking. Uh, so I decided to change my major and um, become an English teacher. Wow. Did, and did you change your major at CMU? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you finished with an education degree at CMU. Did that add on any time to your? Yeah, I was there five full years and then I had to student teach. Wow. And so, where did you student teach up in Mount Pleasant? No, I student taught in Lansing at Lansing Eastern High School. Okay. Okay. How was that experience for you? It was great. Um, I ended up getting my first job there. I student taught. Um, it was a, a inner city big school, mm -hmm. um, something I had no experience in. Um, and it was interesting, you know, being a 22-year-old going into a classroom, and some of the kids I had were older than me. What? Yeah, because 
of um, their IEPs. And so I had a couple of guys that were like in 23, 24 years old. So it was, it was interesting. I feel like I really gained my legs there. How Um, was that teaching, teaching students that were older than you? Like, were they responsive to you? Um, you know, teaching in a, in a big school like that. And honestly, um, probably 50% of my students were just in general, just struggling in life, majorly struggling in life for lots of different reasons. Um, so school was not always a big priority, uh, for those students. They were trying to survive. Mm. And, um, so it was a great experience for me because I had a heart for them Mm -hmm. and, um, my principal in the public school there was a pastor. No kidding. And so Dr. Carnegie was his name and I went to him right away and said, I, there's a need, these kids need um, you know, spiritual guidance. He said, I totally agree. So I said, I'd like to have um, a Bible study in my room and I know I'm a new teacher and how does that work? And he said, do it, just do it. So, um, I had just like, I think the first day there were like 25 girls that came in. And so every Wednesday and Friday we spent lunchtime reading scripture together and talking and so how did you put the word out that this is something that you guys were going to do? I just told my classes. Okay. And uh, Did you have people outside of your classes that attended those? Uh, yeah, I had kids that were not in my class that came. Wow. And, and I had some pushback, too, <clears throat> from other teachers that were not happy about the situation. But when you're friends with the principal. That's right. Good things happen. Exactly. So... How has this turned into like what what you do? Like you, I think you have several roles. You know, you mentioned some in your introduction. You're a wife, you're a daughter, you're a mother, you're a teacher, you're a friend, you're a mentor. Um, how has this turned into a passion? Your teaching career. How has this turned into a passion versus a job or a career? Well, it's funny because I when I left, um, I, I left. Eastern High School in Lansing and went to J.W. Sexton High School. So I spent about eight years. Is that still in Lansing? Yeah. Okay. Spent about eight years in Lansing teaching, and it was the year of the Columbine shooting, Mm. I can remember. Um, And Ryan and I had been married about five years, and, you know, we we got married. um, We were a little bit older. I was 25. He was 28. So we were thinking about starting a family, and... Um, things were really stressful in schools at that time, especially in uh, the inner city schools. And so I remember that last year after the Columbine shooting, um, spending almost every day outside at least two hours a day because of bomb threats and wow. threats of people were going to come in and, and uh, you know, shoot up the school and... Mm. Um, so we were to already talking about starting a family. And so we just, that was my last year. Um, and I, as much as uh, teaching was so rewarding for me during those years, it was really hard. Um, you know, I always joke with the kids here about how, you know, I, I got my tires slashed there. Kids t- tied my car to a guardrail. Um, you know, I, I was threatened. I was stalked. I was... <laughs> Just a lot of really interesting things happened there in my 20s. 
And so they were great years, but very challenging as well. So um, I left and I decided to stay home with Flynn when he was born. And then Colin came along and I never planned to teach again. I thought um, once I had stepped away that, wow, that was a great season, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do that. And it wasn't until I met um, Mrs. Stiles when our kids were in kindergarten together. Uh, Connor and Flynn were in kindergarten and we met and she said to me one day, "Um, you're a teacher. I didn't know you were a teacher. I heard that. And I said, yeah. She said, I'm a teacher too. (laughs) And I said, wow. And she said, wouldn't it be great if we taught at LCS? And I said, no. That would not be great. (laughs) I don't want to teach where my kids go to school because then you just know too much about what's going on and right and I just and she said no I think it's gonna happen and I said no and so I never told anyone here that I was a teacher but somehow Mr. Nast heard about that and (laughs) it's a downfall man (laughs) I remember after my first pastoral internship pastor sat me down and he said Chris I got some I got some things I want to talk to you about and I said okay so I'm super expectant sitting in front of him I like got the notebook open and I'm ready to write down he goes we talked through some logistical stuff and he goes all right two things I'm going to leave you with he says wherever you land in your first ministry you need to keep two things to yourself so I'm poised just like this is going to be amazing he says don't tell people you know how to drive the bus and don't tell people you know how to type and I was like like over the years those are some nuggets of wisdom that I have held on to. I probably should have held that to myself a little more, but he was Except so you true. Are driving the bus. I know, right? <laughs> well, and I mean, it's similar similar thing that Mrs. Styles was saying. So, did you guys did you guys keep your certifications up over the years? I did. Okay. Well, when I came back, I think I had like one year left. Okay. I can do anything for a year. Right. And. Um, and the only question that Ted Nast asked me in my interview was, why did you love teaching? And it took me like 45 minutes to express that. Wow. So I realized in that meeting that maybe God had w- had opened a door mm. that I was going to walk through. At Livingston Christian? Yeah. What things have you done, speaking of that, what things have you done to stoke this passion over the years? Well, I just think that when you get the opportunity to teach at a school like this, your your coworkers and your peers are just so amazing that, you know, you see things that other people are teaching and how they interact with students, and you you just want to be at their level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to stop you just for a second because you said something that was very interesting. You said a school like this. Mm-hmm. Can you... Can you define that a little bit? Like, I think the three of us maybe know what you're talking about, but like, what do you, what do you mean by that? I, LCS to me is a family. Mm. It's my family. Mm -hmm. And I know not everybody probably views their school that way. But uh, for me, I mean, I can't imagine never have been given the opportunity to teach here or have my children here Mm. um, because the relationships just that, that I have made 
with, um, you know, the students that are uh, in my children's grade and not in my children's grade and the relationships with their parents, the relationships through sports Mm. that have been formed with coaches and, um, you know, spending all that time with parents at games. And it's just a special place because when you just gather people that are like-minded. Missy, on this podcast, you are the poster child for having attended and now work at <laughs> LCS. Do you have a perspective on that? Like a school like this, like what? what's your perspective on that? I think we might have talked about this in another podcast, but I remember talking to Jennifer Spalding a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago. and She was saying it's interesting how there's this family tie that has uh, threaded its way through all of these years and generations. And look, here I am. I've mm. gone to the school, taught for a year, left for a few, and came back again. It just is a, it's a magnetizing presence. And it is such a joy to be able to be a student under Mrs. O'Keefe especially, but now to be her coworker. And as she said, you want to be where your coworkers are. You learn things from them. I wish I could sit in more actually mm-hmm. on other classes and just see how they teach because we all are different, but we all have the same heart, which is mm-hmm. it's more than curriculum. It's more than paperwork. Mm-hmm. It's spiritual leaders who actually care about what they're learning with the Lord. To, to what you said, you and I happen to have a unique relationship right now because I'm totally stealing your classroom during one of your preps. Actually, two of your preps on a couple of days. And because they're doing some stuff around here that we're kind of getting discombobulated. All of it. So I said, do you mind? And you're like, no, no, I don't mind. And, and so you, you listen in on class and inadvertently, like you are getting involved in some of the discussions of the class. And like, that is so cool to me just thinking about that now, because you're not territorial. Whereas in perhaps in other scenarios, if there wasn't that relationship you know, people might get territorial about the rooms. And then even prepping for today, I come in to set up and you're doing this super cool thing with your students. And I'm like enthralled, you know, with, with what you're doing. Like the students are all dialed in. And I love how you, I love how both of you have said this in more words than not, but like there's a commitment to the mission of this place. And each of us know the role that we play for that, that mission realization. And that is awesome. So <clears throat> we say amazing things about Ted, but really what Ted is, is a rancher, right? I mean, he's gathered, he's gathered all these cattle, mm-hmm. i.e. us teachers, and all of us are, there's not any of us that are alike. I mean, we maybe have similarities, but all of us are so unique, mm-hmm. unique in our gift mix, unique in our passions, unique in our abilities. But somehow God has used Mr. Nass to assemble a pretty a pretty amazing teaching team here. And so when I heard you say a school like this, that was what I was thinking, those kinds of, uh, you know, uh, relationships at a staff level that that we have that. So uh, was there a mentor or significant teacher kind of in your formative years, maybe as you were a student, maybe as you were in college, student teaching? Was there a, a mentor or significant teacher that, that helped you with this to kind of develop the idea of, of having a passion? Absolutely. I Once I realized I was going to switch majors and go into teaching English, I went back to Howell High School 
and I found my two favorite English teachers, uh, Mrs. Saud and Mr. Florida. And I just asked, can I, can I just pick your brain? Can I sit in on your classrooms? And I spent a week in each of their classrooms just all week long. I came wow. in in the morning. Um, it was one week at Christmas and one at spring break. I just came in in the morning and spent the whole day. And um, it just refreshed like all of the things that I loved about literature and what we were reading and writing. And um, the reason I chose them is because they made it so fun. Mm. Um, it wasn't just, you know, we're reading Edgar Allan Poe and he's kind of weird. Um, just everything was brought to life. And I just aspired. I just wanted to be that. When you came back in that role, did you view them differently than you did as a student? I mean, obviously you respected them as a student, but now you're coming back as like a teacher in training. Did you have a different perspective on, on either of them? I still felt like their student, you know, I, yeah, I think you always feel that way with your teachers. I think you're right. Um, I just had so much respect for them and all they had poured into me and, uh, just their willingness to let me see their whole day and to stay with them for that whole week, uh, both times. Um, it was just really great, but I don't, I don't think I felt like a peer or a grown up. Mm. You were still sitting at the kid's table. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Were they, uh, were they surprised that you were going to be going into that profession? No, they were surprised that I was going to go into accounting. <laughs> <laughs> and they both expressed that, gee, we can't see you doing that and uh but it wasn't a surprise for them to see you going into the teaching profession not at all that's great no they were so encouraging and even beyond that those interactions with them um over time we we interacted you know just through phone calls and um you know later emails as they were retiring okay um, cause that became a thing at that point. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, we have AOL mail. <laughs> you have mail. <laughs> uh, dial up is awesome. me.net in Howell, Michigan. Nice. So, um, the internet provider. Yeah. It was nice to, to keep that relationship with them. That's fantastic. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about your spiritual journey. Um, when you were growing up, did you, did you grow up going to church? Was that something that was Significant to your family? Yes. Um, my parents took us to church every Sunday, and we went to church in Howell. Um, I'm so grateful that they introduced me to God. Um, I don't remember a time I didn't believe in God. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 22 that I met Jesus. Mm. So um, I knew what going to church was, and I understood um, that I had a savior that died for me, but I did not know him. Mm. Um, I think I learned the 10 commandments in my years, my younger years at church. And I just learned that uh, my perception was that God was watching me and that I was to stay in line and be a good girl. And if I wasn't good or if I had done something wrong, that he was unhappy with me. Interesting. Was that a was that a self told story, like was that a story that you wrote, or was that something that was impressed upon you by the church that you attended, by your parents? I think it was just 
a very traditional church okay. that um, preached to adults. Mm. And um, I didn't really have a Sunday school experience f- when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we went through, I did, I think I went through a class to become confirmed. Okay. And so that's when we learned the Lord's Prayer. We memorized the Lord's Prayer and we learned the Ten Commandments. And I became confirmed. And I always had a love for going to church. I was drawn to church. Mm-hmm. And I remember being drawn to God, but I did not understand fully who he was. Okay. So you, you again, said something quite interesting that you found Jesus when you were 22. Um, so who was Jesus? And, you know, at that point, at 22, and, and how was 22-year-old Jesus different than 7-year-old Jesus for you? Well... When I met my husband, Ryan, he right away was inquiring about whether I was a believer or not. And of course, of course, I'm a believer. I believe in God. And I invited him to attend church with my family, Mm -hmm. my mom and dad and me. And he came and he said, "Um, uh, would you like to attend, you know, my church with me next week? And I said, sure, I'd love that. And so he brought me to the Brighton Nazarene Church in this was like 1993 and um i think it was the very first sunday that i came and i was expecting a same kind of church service i was always used to um but pastor ben walls preached a sermon that sunday and it rocked me to my core it started with worship mm. just the the songs that we sang um I can't remember the title of this song, but it talks about that surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Would you feel comfortable singing us a couple? No, I'm not a good singer. I was just checking. And so I immediately felt for the very first time, I felt the Holy Spirit inside of me. Wow. And I remember thinking that I can't start crying because this guy that I just met, (laughs) that I just started dating, I don't. And, and I was kind of overwhelmed, honestly. Um, Just with what you were experiencing? Yeah, I did Musical not, worship. I was like, Holy what Spirit. is this? Yeah, and so the sermon, there was an altar call at the end of the sermon, which in those days, every week, it was there was an altar call. Yeah. And I went down to the altar, and I don't even remember making that decision. I just got out in the aisle, and I went down to the altar, and I didn't. Um, you know, pray the prayer of salvation or anything like that. I just remember feeling like I was um, leaving some weight there. Mm. I had had some things from my uh, childhood growing up, things from um, just experiences as a teenager and a young adult that were weighing me down. Mm. And I didn't realize that I didn't have to carry them until that day. Wow. So it was very soon after that that um, I was living in an apartment alone in Lansing. Um, Ryan bought me a Bible, and I just started reading it. And I, uh, I met with Pastor Ben Walls. He he just suggested that I read John. Just read the book of John a bunch of times, maybe for a whole year. And uh, 
that's just when I really met the character of Jesus and learned that he wanted to not only save me for an eternity, but he wanted me to live with him in my life. And so I remember getting down on the carpet and all alone in the apartment and just face down accepting the Lord and asking him to forgive me and just take my life in a different direction. Wow. So, so you had a conversation with Pastor Ben that first time you went down to the altar or were you? I made an appointment with him. I was so eager to find out more. I just wanted to, to know more, to learn more. And I figured he's the guy to go to. And he was, he was so gracious. And I mean, I think about, we, I still have a relationship with him and we kind of laugh about, um, just how much I, I had so many questions and he was just so gracious and the church was super small back then. So I could just walk in and meet with him and, you know, he was a great mentor to me. We hope that you've enjoyed the Falcon Fastlane Commute, a ministry of Livingston Christian Schools. The Commute is an abbreviated version for those that aren't able to commit a large amount of time to the podcast. For an extended version of what you were just enjoying, please tune in to the Falcon Fastlane Road Trip. This is also available on a number of different podcast platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. <laughs>